All right, thanks for checking out this episode of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. I'm Jason. And as usual, we've got a, a podcast here that we think, you know, is a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. I think we uh, yeah. we got a little bit of uh, conversation gold, if yes. you will. Yes, on, on this episode, we're joined by Steve Ray, who around this area is very well known because he was the leader of the Pit Bulls on Crack. And he's also got a band that he's been a part of for the last several years called the Oklahoma Hombres, or Hombres, however you want to say it. That's all right. Either He'll explain that to you here in a few minutes. That's right. And uh, also Doomsday Junkie was another one of his bands. We get into all that stuff. We get into thoughts on the music scene, thoughts on current music, thoughts on past music, you know, the standard stuff that we do. Uh, can- yeah, a couple stories here and there. Uh, you know, some talk about venues in Tulsa, um, just to, uh, you know, talk about all kinds of stuff. It was, uh, it was a good conversation. Uh, it covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, you can find him, you can find the band Oklahombres online at, uh, on Twitter and, and Instagram. Both of those, it's at Oklahombres underscore band. And you can find us online at thethunderunderground.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and SoundCloud all under The Thunder Underground, all one word. And then we're on Twitter under THNDR, UNDR Ground. And speaking of YouTube, we've got every playlist or every episode we put up, we put a playlist up for it. So pull up our YouTube channel and subscribe to it. And then you'll find episode 14's companion playlist where we'll, you know, you'll throw in some pit bulls on crack and maybe. You know, a few other gems like The Sword and a few bands we talk about that, that Steve's into, Led Zeppelin, you know. Yep, you just tune in and find out what we, uh, what kind of bands we went over. Definitely. Well, let's get into this episode. We appreciate you listening. Go back in on our SoundCloud and check out some previous episodes. We've had some good guests and we've got some more coming, coming to you soon. I don't think we've ever really cared. There you uh, go. Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll take it any way right. you want to say right. it because it's it is obviously spelling wise Oklahombres, yeah. you know, the play on the word. But you know, Spanish that's hombre, and we yeah. all know that. Yeah. So I can tell you that from the stage, man, I've probably you know in drunken stupor said it both ways, and <laughs> <laughs> you know. So we don't really care, to tell right. the truth. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, originally, I guess you know, it's Oklahoma Braves, you know, or whatever. But that kind of sounds stupid. So yeah, you know. But the but the spelling that's you know, Oklahoma Oklahoma Braves. So, but uh, and most of the other bands, you know, that are that are saying you know from this stage, you know, thanks for, yeah. to the. Uh, it's usually they say hombres, yeah. Oklahoma Braves. So. Yeah. Doesn't matter, man. It's just yeah. the purest thing, yeah. you know. You got <laughs> Hispanic well, fans. I'm sure it's Oklahoma, right? It's Spanish people. So. Well, it's it's funny because when I when I saw when I've seen that, 
I'm like, that's fucking great. Why didn't anyone think of that song? <laughs> you know, that's an awesome name. You know? Yeah. And it just, it, it could be anything. So, right. I don't know. That's, yeah. just, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I thought the same thing. Is that something that's been, like, in your head for a while? Yeah. Like, as a name? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, way before you had this band, I mean. Yeah. Actually, our bass player came up with that name. And uh, really and honestly, at the time, we and I think we still are, you know, we're all a bunch of Oklahoma Sooner fans. And so we we were kind of wanting to, you know, something to do with the Sooners. And but we didn't want to make it just obvious, and I was like, I came up with this name, it was like bathed in red, and they're like, nah, it's too metal, you know, and all this crap. So I mean, we're we just like we're we're going off, and I and I kept thinking, well, it's kind of a stupid thing to try to name our band after the Oklahoma Sooners, you know. But yeah. uh, he came up with that. He first came up with like the Okie Dokies, and I was like, there ain't no way in hell. <laughs> Next, <laughs> yeah. So we we had. Uh, Maybe if it was 1962. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have entire practices dedicated arguing about what the band name was going to be. But uh, right it, it finally, when it came around to that name, I mean, we were all on board with it right away. You cool, know, cool. <laughs> whatever nice. you want to, however you want to pronounce it, is totally fine with us. So. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm rolling. Yeah, so. Good. Uh, you guys have, I saw on Facebook, you've got new music coming pretty quickly. Yeah, we do. Hopefully it'll be out next week. I was hoping it would be ready now, and I could give you guys a CD, but uh, it it will be. We only have uh, three songs coming out. Uh, I think that people kind of need to change their way of thinking when it comes to music now because album-oriented rock is such an outdated thing. Everybody's paying 99 cents or downloading illegally yeah. uh, the song, you know, and it's like the song. So we're doing three at a time. We'll probably go do three more here in a f- couple months or so, hopefully. Uh, yeah. We've been happy with this guy that was recording us, Paul Odom from Church of B- Bigfoot Studios. Uh, we just don't have it quite settled yet because he got to working with some other band that probably had more money than us and mm-hmm. kind of pushed that to the back yeah. burner so but it, it should come out we're looking forward to it we're real excited about it and uh cool hopefully you know somebody will care once it gets out yeah, definitely. <laughs> well and you know that's a i mean i i i like that way of thinking and i've kind of thought that way too is just lately you know put a few out yeah you know here and there or you know however because Oh, it, yeah. It's just, you know, the whole premise of a CD release party is still a very viable thing. But we've been thinking about just, you know, putting on a zip drive, mm-hmm. you know, and you just plug it in and yeah. then we can like have like, you know, the lanyard decorated with Oak Hombres or whatever instead yeah. of instead of selling a CD at our shows, you know, where this is something we're thinking about. I'm not saying that's what we're going to do, but Yeah, that, that's a good idea though. Yeah, uh, you don't think anything that's different you know it catches someone's attention yeah that's kind of what we're thinking too you know it's just it's just trying to stay above it all and and ahead of all this technology but you know we've been to we've been together for about five years without a really any kind of recording so um 
I like to uh, say back, you know, during those five years that we were trying to keep the mystique up <laughs> as, you know, club owners and bitch us out and say, man, you really need a CD. And it's like, yeah, we know, <laughs> but we don't have one. So if you want us to play, we'll play. If not, you know, we'll be punished with the other bands that don't have CDs. So, nice. uh, but yeah, hopefully that it turns out really good. We're real excited about it. So I don't, I think we're just going to really, you know, not necessarily try to capitalize on it monetarily. We're just going to try like, try to maybe get on Rocklahoma and South by Southwest and, yeah. you know, maybe just better gigs. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gets you in the door. Sure. Yeah. And stuff. send it out digitally to some <clears throat> record companies or whatever, mm -hmm. management or whatever, you know, but we don't really have any solid plans with that. But, yeah. uh we're just hoping it turns out good enough to right to do that. Okay. Cool, cool. And so you guys been together, you said, about five years now? We've been together about five years. Uh, we've been through a few drummers, and uh, our second drummer, Danny Molster, was a drummer for Soul Rider a long time ago, and uh, he was a good drummer and a great guy. He's, he's had uh, health issues, and... Uh, it was pretty serious and he had to drop out and we didn't know when it first happened if he was going to be able to come back or not and uh because it was it was very serious it was brain surgery wow. so um anyway we kind of you know just spent a year in limbo just kind of you know it, it became and more obvious as every day passed that he wasn't going to be able to come back and play but he was so lucky to be alive and he had kids and uh you know, and he can talk to his kids and see his kids, you know, watch them grow up and interact with them. And he can still walk and and, and do things, you know. So he just, he kind of, the part of his brain function was the motor skills or whatever. And it just wasn't, wasn't able to, you know, pull off playing the drums, which we were all sad about. And I'm sure nobody was sadder about it than Danny. Yeah. But um, Danny has been to a few of our shows. He's a really good guy. And uh, we really appreciate his support when we come out, try to make a big deal about him being there, you know, when he is there. Um, that's that's basically one reason that, you know, I'd say we were probably off for about a year because of that. We had just started playing some shows and just started making plans to record. And, you know, it looked like the future was finally starting to get bright for us. And, uh, you know, just did, it wasn't that way. And, uh, we had a hard time finding somebody to replace him, and we wound up with uh, with Donnie uh, Turley, that's a drummer from way back, been with a lot of bands, mm -hmm. and then we started playing shows with him eventually, and he uh, things didn't work out for whatever reason, and so we have now landed on our drummer, Chad Owsley, who has been the best drummer we've had. Really? And, yeah, wow. and he's really good, and... Uh, He's really got his act together and his life together, so it's just a pleasure to be in a band with somebody like him. And the other guys, uh, I'd been in a band prior to Oklahoma Brace called Doomsday Junkie, and we were together for quite a few years. And the lead guitar, Mark Cooper, and the bass player, Danny Roush, are currently in Oklahoma Brace, and okay. we're my bandmates in Doomsday Junkie, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I, basically I, I remember. Oh, sorry. Oh no, I was gonna say that's some, so. It's almost the entire band except the drummer. Or, except know? the drummer and another guitar player. Okay. We got okay. we have two guitar players. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that name. Just seen it around before. Yeah. yeah. We really got into 
all this, but yeah, yeah, right on. Um, uh, God, I had something else I was going to say. I, I can't sure. remember. <laughs> I had a question. I did. So the lineup, <laughs> besides the drummer, has been consistent over the yeah for about years? the past two years. Oh, okay, we cool. have been the same guys. You know, the, <clears throat> the other guitar players, Joe McKay, and uh, he was a friend of mine that I was working with, and. I knew he played, and he was always, you know, trying to get me to come play up there with him at his house. And he said, you know, we, I'm ready to jam. My my house is just always ready to jam. And he didn't have any kids or wife or anything. Well, it just, it just came to one of those things like, well, I I can't really come up there and jam with you unless I bring a whole band. And yeah. so we brought the band, and you know, he's been the guy ever since. So. Joe's a good guy, so yeah, I enjoy the guys in my band. They're they're all good guys, man. They all are easy to deal with, yeah. and that's uh, not, that I've not counts. always had that in bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, well, uh, if if you were talking to somebody who you know never seen you guys, never heard you guys, what would you? How would you describe you guys? You know, <clears throat> uh, probably a fancy way of just asking the normal you know, mm -hmm. what you guys style or sound or <clears throat> well if you're asking who do we sound like I don't know uh, I don't think That's yeah good. I don't think we sound really <laughs> exactly like anybody I would say that we're just really kind of a hard rock band with yeah. a little southern rock leanings okay. and uh, okay. you know a little metal yeah. metal leaning and uh, but it's just kind of I've done the metal thing really hardcore stuff you know for years with the uh, pit bulls on crack and yeah. so uh this has been more of a you know return to my roots just straight up rock and so we kind of <clears throat> i don't know we just we just write things that are simplistic and easy to digest and kind of you know tickle our bone or whatever yeah. and you know if we like it then hopefully everybody else likes it so it's a fun creative process with these guys so yeah. um for for me it really is so sometimes it becomes a little burdensome because life just gets in the way you oh, know yeah. of your creativity or whatever totally. you, we all got kids and wives and houses and jobs and stuff like that or at least some sort of combination of thereof and uh so yeah, but this is a satisfying band to uh, to put to write with, you yeah. Know? And I I've really enjoyed working with these guys all these years for sure. Right on, yeah. I like the whole uh, the metal with the southern thing. I, I love that. That's that's just good stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. what we were kind of with Doomsday Junkie. We're a little heavier with those guys uh, okay. with that that lineup. And then basically what we did differently is. You know, we tuned down to like C sharp or whatever, and it was real heavy, real, real tuned down. And and now we're uh, we're just about back up to a normal tuning. So, okay. kind of threw me into shock because when you're tuned down to drop D or C sharp or whatever we were in, yeah, you can only write songs in a couple of different keys. Yeah. And so vocally, the range was right there <laughs> every time I got any kind of idea. And when these guys started sending me some stuff, you know, it's like I had the same kind of mentality and idea in my head. But when I went to go sing them for the first time, man, it was like real obvious. Yeah. I am like in higher keys, 
and it was really really a shock and it was really you know that's another thing it's taken us a long time you know in the beginning it was just like really such a shock to get back to uh you know 440 tuning mm-hmm. and i think we go we're dropped down to like 430 now but uh you know it's just it's just satisfying to be able to write in different keys that you're not used to yeah. with death metal or you know the yeah. drop d tuning it opens it up and it, i'm sure it probably challenges you a little bit definitely does yeah, vocally so <laughs> like, what can i do here and yeah you know. yeah it it will uh kind of affect you know the whole the whole outcome of a song uh just going into it, you know, unless I just start with these guys singing, if they start giving me some sort of halfway finished product, uh, then uh, it's hard for me to write. So I really need to be there from the beginning. That's cool. Process. I, I've never, I mean, I've never dealt with anything like really low, low tuning. It's always been, mm-hmm. you know, E flat and then drop D. Yeah. So it's always interesting to get people's takes on. Yeah. You know, well, how it always went. You know, and it's important that the really deep tones you know that's real heavy stuff and you know uh all the guys that do it you know the you know like smoke offering and stuff man they're really good at it and uh there's some good bands around tulsa that do it you know so i'm gonna let them do it and we're gonna kind of do something different you know? nice. that's just basically it yeah and, it, and it's funny it's like in going back to that normal tuning it's like you're doing something different yeah, exactly. You know, now you are. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a full circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you mentioned writing. What kind of um, song? What's the right word? Uh, how many songs do you guys have? Uh, right now, have? we've got about twelve. We've also got about I don't know. I'd say another ten that we have kind of put on the back burner that we don't play much anymore. That we may or may not do. Uh, ever mess with again uh we have also discussed you know playing a couple of the old songs from doomsday junkie because there's some good ones there there's some really good songs with those guys uh but the tuning does become an issue with these guys so they don't want to like have good pre-tuned guitars up there because we're not like you know metallica or acdc with a huge production and (laughs) people that are paid highly to, yeah. you know, keep our guitars in tune. Change, like every song <laughs> yeah. or every yeah. song, yeah. Yeah, so, but we have talked about, uh, not writing, but, you know, just just uh, rehashing a couple of those songs yeah. just for our own morbid curiosity, if nothing <laughs> else. But a lot, you know, and a, a lot of my whole mood about writing is, you know, when I was in Doomsday Junkie, I wrote songs about the end of the world, you know. Yeah. Uh, we got in Oak Lawn Braves, and I kind of, you know, more of a, more of a, you know, hillbilly kind of approach to writing this music. When so we have songs like the songs that are coming out. These three songs are called Bushwhacker, um, El Chupacabra, and uh, and what's the other one? Uh, uh, uh Polecat. So we kind of have these, you know, kind of want to be in line with their songs with with a name or yeah. whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. You don't want to just like, you know, have uh, I don't know, like real death metal sounding titles for a band called Oklahoma. Yeah. So I, you know, going back to Pitbulls, it's kind of I write towards what the name of the band is, you know, yeah. and it's kind of our mood, our statement on society. 
or whatever. Oklahoma Braves is not really a huge state in society, but Doomsday Junkie was, and Pitbulls on Crack was, so. Yeah, uh, you, you don't want to be in, like, Anthrax and have a song called Somebody to Love. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, know? yeah. I, no, I get that, totally. Yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. Well, uh, what was, uh, you know, are you, do you write, like, musically, or are you just lyrics guy, or, I mean, melodies? Uh-huh. How um, does that all come together? I usually have a lot to do with the arrangements of the song. Uh, I used to play guitar, and okay. I actually still do. I just don't do it in front of people. Um and I grew up, you know, playing like trombone and band all the way to high school. So uh, I sang for a long time in school and church and all this crap. Yeah. And, you know, and so I got real musical background. So uh, I usually will let Mark or somebody come up with the initial riff. And then, you know, I get some ideas vocally and then I will get some ideas for arrangements or I might come up with a with a whole riff just in my head and yeah. transpose it to these guys just by going, dun, 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 do it like that. <laughs> and, you know, so, yeah, there has been a few parts on, on these songs where I have written them, you know, just in my head. Yeah. And I hadn't really came home and played them or whatever, but just kind of, this sounds good, let's do it that Damn. way. So it kind of works. Hopefully yeah. it does. Because, like I said, our songs are not, you know, it's not like Rush or it's not like real complicated yeah. music, man. It's yeah. it's it's easy to digest. So, not that Rush, you know, or any other technically. Hey, get down, cat. <laughs> hey, I got one of my own. Okay, I know she maybe. must. You must, because she jumped right up on you. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just uh, just kind of some easy to digest riffs, man. Just the riffs is yeah. the thing. You know, yeah, that's where I think totally. it's just like come up with a cool riff and yeah. It, maybe it's been done before, but, you know, we're going to put our own spin on it because that's what we like to do, you yeah. know, and uh, satisfying, you know. Oh, yeah. There's nothing There's nothing quite like a good riff. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think, you know, bands, you know, I'm an old guy, and I mean, I was really into thrash and, you know, Metallica and Pantera and stuff like that, Slayer, and, you know, uh, I think two bands kind of changed that for me was Caius and Down. Okay. You know, in the 90s, those kind of slowed me down and, and made me look at things a little differently. Yeah. yeah. You know, when that Down album came out, it was like, wow. Yeah. You know, why didn't we think of this before? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and then you had COC and all this other stuff, you know, it was kind of just, you know, not having to like play really fast and technically proficient, just kind of the groove and the riff. Yeah. and. So that's where I've been for like 20 years, you know, mentally yeah. with music. So that, that's awesome, and, and those are like you said, those are two bands down in COC that have uh, they've really taught me. It's just funny that you say that. Taught us, you know, yeah. like just riff and groove. Yeah, exactly. Groove, you know, yeah. I mean, Pantera had a groove. Yeah, they did. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm but just it's saying I know what you, mean, you totally. can slow it down and ha- still be heavy, and you know, yeah. which they've done. And, and and I, you know, I I don't know. This might make me a little uncool, but I never really got too much into COC that wasn't with Pepper. Pepper, yeah. And you know, I know a lot of people know, like that, so yeah. it's no shame. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like you know. Albatross. Yeah, it's great. Knocked my dick in the dirt. Yeah, and that was from then on. You know? Yeah, you bet. 
Such a great album. I've always figured, I've always considered him Pepper one of the most underrated. Everything. Yeah. Riffs and vocals. Yeah. When it comes to when it comes to rock and metal. Yeah. Yeah. He is never really got the. He is really good. It's kind of he came out of nowhere, you know, with the CLC who'd been around for a long time. Yeah. I don't really know what his pep or Pepper story was before, before he was in CLC. Man, I mean. Yeah. Where they found him, or he found them, or, or and, and you know, it's like this is nothing to take away from Crowbar, or Kirk from Crowbar, because he is the riff lord. But yes, you know, and he is. But people, I think, should talk about Pepper more because it's like God. I mean, that guy's just got riff after riff. Yeah, with down and Coc combined. It's just, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's my guy. Yeah, he's good, man. I like him a lot. No, definitely. Yeah. Well, going back before Doomsday, mm-hmm. we were in. A, we just did a podcast recently, or a few weeks ago, with uh, Derek Sanders. Yeah. One of your old bandmates, right? Yeah. Was it was it Gut Wrench? Is that right? Or yeah, he was in Gut Wrench. Okay. Yeah, that was. Uh, I was in Pit Bulls on Crack from 1990 to about mm-hmm. 97, mm-hmm. and um, I was working as Larry Schaefer's one of his right-hand men uh, back in the 90s. Every concert that came through town through the 90s, I was there, I was working. Uh, it was a lot of hard work. I got real burnout. Uh, got us a lot of cool gigs with Pitbulls on Crack because yeah. of my position. But um, I was pretty jaded, and uh, after it was over with the Pitbulls, it was, I stayed working there, and then I just decided I needed to get the hell out of Tulsa. So I took off. And I was gone for a year or two, and I was like down to Texas and the East Coast, and I came back and uh, and eventually got married and uh, had a child. So I had been five years without a band because I was just so disillusioned and jaded. Yeah, I didn't really have any motivation. And um, Derek, I ran into him one night. I think my kid was like two months old. It was my first child. You know, and you're thinking, well, I'm going to grow up and be a dad and be responsible and all this crap. And, dad, you know, Derek's like, hey, man, I got this guy. <laughs> you know, we're playing. We really could use a vocalist. And uh, I'm like, sure. And, man, uh, he got me back into it, thankfully. Uh, Gut Wrench wasn't the greatest band, and he's moved on with his, you know. Uh, but it was a good start for me to get back to it. Yeah. It was pretty heavy. And, uh yeah, he's doing Severmind, and uh, I'm doing my thing. And I, I, he worked with us on a couple of Pitbulls reunions that we did. And uh, Derek's a great guy, really good drummer. I really like working with him. He is right. one of the one of the greatest drummers to work with um, musically. Man, he really gets involved with rock, the songwriting, and uh, and he's smart. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. So he's a good guy, real cool. good guy. Cool. Cool. Um. You know, working all those shows that you did over the years uh-huh. and all these gigs. I mean, well, what's I mean, what? What are those, like some crazy stories or things? <laughs> things that I mean, which I'm sure you have a ton of. But like, what, this can be national, local. What are some things that bands do that just drive you nuts, or that like, you know, they should like watch out for and do this better? You know. Well, I, I tell you, I could come up with some crazy stories. There's no doubt. Um, there was a lot of crazy things and, going and, on. You know, you don't have to name names or anything. Yeah. It's, just, it's always interesting to see, like, you know, 
Sometimes I don't even, there's the crazy things would might not even be associated with a band that I can remember working. But, uh, you know, to try to answer your question uh, the best I can, it's just uh, the, the odd thing about working those concerts is the bands that I liked never failed. You know, you'd go up and feebly try to tell them you liked them. You know, like, it's like you're in junior high trying to tell a girl yeah. you like her. Yeah. And they'll, you know, say something shitty. And, and uh, you know, the bands that you like will always kind of disappoint you, you know, because you're, you're in this position to be backstage and see them all day. And they will, like, be kind of snub you or whatever. Whereas the bands that you don't like, man, they're just so nice. And they're just so cool and easy to work with. And, uh, and maybe it was just some, I was in the wrong genres. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I've worked for a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of shows at Canes, all the Edge Fest, yeah. stuff like that, and uh, you know, a lot of hot shows. And we did Foo Fighters in the Canes during the oh summer, man, like yeah. nowhere gone. Yeah. We we were there when he changed the words to Big Mead about how hot it was. Yeah. That I will never forget that show. That yeah, was awesome. that yeah. was way too hot. I just can't believe yeah. he didn't die, man. You know, it was way too hot in there. They had like. Brought in these big fans, but there were so many people in there. Yeah, they were matter. just standing up against the fans, you know. Yeah. It was just like they couldn't get uh, any airflow to save their lives. That, that it was this is how hot it was. My my wife was at that show. This was years before I even knew her. Yeah, and she was at that show, and this was during you know the whole '90s with the big jeans and stuff. Yeah, she said it was so hot in there. Her jeans were completely soaked. Oh yeah, they were just dragging on the ground because she couldn't she couldn't walk with them because it was those huge. Yeah. That's how sweaty. <laughs> yeah, I was that those place. jeans. Yes. Oh yeah, man. Nineties awesome. were good stuff. Well, see, I could you know <laughs> they didn't do reentry or anything, but I I could get outside and and walk out in the back and try to cool off. So you know. I could tell you it was no fun to unload or do the loadout on that show. It was, <laughs> man, because it's like you feel the body heat humidity yeah. when they when the when the place empties out. It's just like it, it's this humidity is just stuck. Yeah, and it's going to be there until you get everything out the building. <laughs> and yeah, it's tough. Definitely. So worked a lot of gore shows there. They were not fun. <laughs> oh, we had man. to cover the whole place in Visqueen. Yeah. It was a big, huge production. Hated working gore, but I loved the shows. You know. Yeah. How long oh, yeah. did that take? Huh? How long did that take to cover everything? Uh, it was. It would take. I think the first time we did Gore, we they didn't really know what to expect, and I knew who oh. Gore was, but they the people that working at Canes they were a little older and they didn't really know who Gore was, and Gore was kind of a new thing, and I I see them knew who they were because I watched like the talk shows or whatever, but uh, <clears throat> you know they didn't know so they we started a whole day before you know putting up because they got all those pictures at Canes yeah and they didn't want any of that crap on there and so we covered all that and I think you know we learned after the first day what we could get away with mm -hmm. and then they came back a few times and we just we just got there a few hours early they and, and yeah, yeah kind of knew what we had to do couldn't put nothing on the floor or the stage floor because yeah, I mean that's Visqueen. You will slip and right. fall oh, if it's yeah, wet. For sure, kill you. So Gore had uh, and their stage rider. They had to have the stage covered with carpet, and that was another thing we had to do. You know, oh, wow. because the, if, if it wasn't carpet, 
deadfall. You know, so they could slip there. and fall, yeah, and then right. the carpet, and it was in their contract. You know, the one time carpet is going to be ruined and wet, and it's going to be thrown away. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we have to have it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it doesn't have to be great, brand new carpet or anything. It'd be a little crappy carpet the dogs peed on, but it's got to be on there. Yeah. Well, that was uh, that was one me me and Thrasher went to, okay. and he got so soaked. I was like. You are going home in the back of my car, in my back of my truck. <laughs> I don't care if you get pulled over, you're not getting in my truck. And yeah. He balled he down the back of my truck because he got, he got way up there and he got so soaked and so covered in blood and whatever. But it was still, it was awesome. Yeah. And I've seen them many times over the years. It's always fun. Oh, yeah, always. yeah. Did anything ever get messed up? I mean, did anything ever seep nah. through the... Nah, yeah, okay. nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, we we did them too at the uh, the other side. Uh, seems like at least once, maybe twice. I can't remember, but yeah, I've seen Gore a lot. I've seen a lot of bands multiple times just because I work and you know. Yeah. Um, in the '90s, you know, you just you had acts that came to Kane's two or three times a year, and it wasn't necessarily really cool that stuff that I liked. But you yeah. know, Ian Moore, he was going to come two or three times. And back then, you know, he pulled in a good crowd, and yeah, it was did. a good good show, you know. Yeah. I didn't love Ian Moore, man, but, you know, he had a bunch of musicians that were cool, mm-hmm. and they were good musicians, and they were cool to hang out with. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, working the concerts, you work country, all your friends are, you know, down the road at the rock bar seeing their buddies, and I'm sitting here working a country <laughs> show, you know. <laughs> you just took the good with the bad, but... Yeah. When you had the good, it was like, man, everybody be calling me. Can you get me in? And can yeah. you get me some work? Oh, and yeah, you know, my <laughs> band wants to open up. And yeah, I was kind of man there for a while, but uh, you know, nothing lasts forever. Yeah. So, yeah, true. <laughs> well, do you think? Uh, I mean, how do you think the music scene in this area has changed? Has it changed for the better? At least as far as. You know, it's kind of... As far as rock music goes? Well, it's a double-edged sword, man. I think that uh, the bands, I think the talent level has increased. I think, you know, there's a lot of good bands, not necessarily metal or whatever, but just all across the board, there's a lot of good bands, and there's better bands than there were. There's not as many avenues for them um, as there were. Even though you have casinos now, and you have this and you have that, there's not as many opportunities for all-age shows, and that really, really does not help the scene because you need those kids. You need those rebel kids that are going to sneak out of their mom and dads and go to these concerts and then go tell all their straight or more straight friends, and yeah. then that creates like a little buzz. Yeah. So we're really missing that, and I hate that. I would really like to see that addressed somehow. I think, you know, Canes is the best bet for that, but, I, you know, I I just don't know if they really even concern themselves with it. And I yeah. definitely know those people that, that are running it now, and they're good people. I don't, you know, have anything bad to say. It's just a difference I notice. And, uh, you know, there are harder – you know, any time in my 30-year career, there's only always been – a two or three places to play around town you know i mean exactly. it's never going to be like 20 clubs to pick and choose from you know so i think you've got that now you know with the venue shrine and you know downtown lounge you've got uh 
Yeah. Uh, you know, you got a few places, Sound Pony and this and that. You know, you got four or five. The, the Brady's cool. I love that down because when I was working Canes, people would come to these road crews, would, would come on the weekends, and, and the downtown area would just be deserted. And they were yeah. like, man. You know, this is we've never seen anything like this. It's right. really weird. <laughs> you know, we're all the people, and so now you know Brady is really a cool place. And there's there are several more clubs. You know, they're more specialized with who they're going to let in there, but to play. But you know, I think there's a lot of hope and promise and reason for bands to, uh, you know, kind of be optimistic about the scene. I really, really do. I just think that there needs to be some place that really caters to these all ages shows the way that it used to be. And because, you know, it's just, you need that. You yeah. really just, if all your crowd is 21 and over, and no wonder these kids just listen to rap music or whatever, yeah. you know? It, well, exactly. It's like, um, you know, I remember playing, you could play Curly's or play, I don't know, yeah. whatever. And it's like that movie Airheads, you know, where they're talking about, well, we played to the other bands and their girlfriends. Yeah. But we, we played a we played a coffee house one time, and there's kids everywhere going nuts, yeah. jumping on the stage, jumping off, moshing, yeah. you know, getting into it. And that's, I mean, it's just, it's that is where it's at, is the all ages. It really is. 16, 18-year-old. I really would like to see that addressed. Yeah. I would like to address it myself, but I don't have the resources to do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm kidding. But, uh, uh, but I, see the, I see the opportunity, and I, you know, hopefully somebody out there will and uh, take advantage of it, because I think there's, you know, it, it's hard to start a club and keep it maintained and profitable. There, there's no doubt about it, but... Uh, Oh, yeah, I couldn't imagine. You know, you cannot have beer sales with underage kids. So that takes some money away from you right mm -hmm. there. There's only so many Red Bulls they're going to drink or rock stars <laughs> and shit, you know. So yeah, that's, exactly. they only got so much money. Yeah. And um, But still, man, we really need it. You know, as far as, as I'm concerned, that's that's the really the big thing that's missing from the 90s. Yeah. You know, you did have Icon and Canes, and they... They cater to that constantly. I don't know if Kane still does. They just don't have the. They're they're more specialized in the kind of bands they bring. Yeah. yeah as whereas you know when I worked there, it was like really everything. You yeah, know, you well, might have Bonnie Raitt one night and Misfits next. Yeah, you know, exactly. and well, we've talked I, about that many times. Yeah, it's yeah. like now it's all either like just kind of the hipster stuff. Or yeah. The, or maybe country now and right. then, like maybe one the or red two dirt rock shows a year. You know. Yeah. yeah. There, there's like. A, I mean, I can, like, sometimes I'll, I'll go down the list, and I'm like, I've heard of none of these. Yeah, I know. And I, know. I feel... And there's a sold out. Is that my yeah. problem, or is that... <laughs> and, then, and then, like, the one... I've always noticed, and this isn't just because they're big right now, and I'm digging on them, but I always noticed the one heavy show that they would always have would be Lamb of God. Yeah. They'd have them come around every other summer. Right. That would be the one heavy show. Yeah. But other than that, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, they'll are. still bring Clutch. You know? Clutch, well, yeah. yeah. True, yeah. Annual yeah. visit by Clutch. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it's usually the only time I go back to Canes to see Clutch. But yeah. yeah. Well, but yeah. Awesome. Hey, man, I, I, whatever it takes for them guys to keep that place independently oh, yeah. owned and yeah. not taken over by the corpse, oh, man, yeah. that's going to be big to me. And if yeah. that's all they're going to do is Yonder Mountain String Band and, you know, Oh, totally. Man of constant sorrow. Hey, dude, that that's fine as long as it keeps 
you know, these huge corporations from buying them out. And, and you know, you never know. It, everything goes around and comes around. Sure. So it might all. Yeah, it could change. Yeah, it, could yeah, change. it will change. So, yeah. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. a matter of when. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, well speaking of the canes, we've got a story. Yeah, yeah, we have to tell you. We have to tell you a story. This is something <laughs> I've told, you know, tons of people throughout the years just because it always stuck in my head. But Lucy's fur coat. Yeah, we played yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah, you opened the show. Yeah, yeah. And there was like five or six of us. And then the rest of the crowd, I think, totaled like eight more people. There's probably <laughs> yeah, like 15 was, people standing there. Yeah, it was pretty lame. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was literally like a line of people, you know, like 10 feet from the stage. And I remember you came down. You came down off the stage and had everybody introduce themselves. So. <laughs> You're like, hey, this is an intimate show. And you walked up to, you know, the first person to stand up here and said, what's your name? You know? and, and you just went straight down the line to each of us. And, That's funny, man. And then you got to one of our friends who's named Michael Thrasher. And you're like, "It's not your fucking name. <laughs> Thrasher's really your last name? He's like, yeah. And he's like, show me your license. So he showed you his license. And, <laughs> and which, in fact... That was the same motherfucker that had to ride in the back of my truck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So you guys were the guys there that night. Man, I don't remember doing that, but that sounds like something I would do for sure. There you go. It, it, it happened. And that was a great show. You know, it didn't matter. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys and them both put on a show like you were yeah. playing to a full crowd. So yeah. Yeah. Well, you kind of got to, man. That's the only way to keep it fresh for yourself. Yeah. And, uh, man, that's really funny, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really that, appreciate that, was, that story. Well, yeah, I mean, when uh, when he said, oh, you know, Steve Ray, was, he's, he's down doing the podcast. I'm like, well, we got to tell him that. Was <laughs> we have to. So, that's and, excellent. And, uh, yeah, that's great, man. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Well, speaking of pit bulls, like, what, what are your best memories of that, that oh, period of time? Pit bulls? Wow, man. After parties. <laughs> After parties were monumental back in those days uh, and very important part of the whole scene. And damn that sign coming up at 6.30 a.m., you know. That's no fun. No, it just kind of like, you know, puts a whole downer on the night. So, anyway, yeah, uh, man, I don't know. I had a lot of good times with the Pit Bulls. had a lot of fights with different members. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't kind of play like that anymore I don't I don't try to be the dictator and which I kind of didn't really want to be the dictator it just kind of evolved into that but uh uh you know bands we played with like Oliver Magnum and Dead Orchestra and you know Bunny's Doom, Guy Smiley, Cost of Descent you know just just the camaraderie we experienced with all these different bands uh was really the greatest thing to me you know it just and I feel I still think you know I'm still friends with all these guys in Pitbulls, and I think you know that we kind of look at it like, you know, we none of us were college bound or anything, but I, I think we look at that part of our life as like you know people look at their college years yeah. and it's like remember we did that with that one chick and yeah. <laughs> like yeah, and uh, the, so long ago uh, I can't think of anything specific to relay, but man if I would have. If you guys would have gave me a little heads up, I could have thanked some really funny stories. <laughs> but I don't know if I would be in any of yours with Lucy's yeah, fur coat. That was great. Yeah, that's a, we, we do this stuff like off the cuff totally. Yeah, that's cool. Anyway, so. That's cool. But, yeah, we, we had to get that. that oh, good, thanks. <laughs> no, wait, no, problem, no problem. And you've, you've done a couple 
reunions since then, right? Yeah, we uh, we did one in uh, what was it, uh, 2009, or no? We first time we did was in 2007. It was at the other side, and uh, that was the classic lineup with Andy Williams, Trev Heiner, and uh, Terry Waska, my brother-in-law, and we had Derek Sanders playing drums because yeah. Danny Dodge, our drummer was living in Nashville and he still does so we got Derek on he was a drummer for Costco Scent and he was you know death metal drummer and played fast and all that um, so we just kind of got him on board and uh, we did that show at the other side it was really good there was a lot of people there cool. uh, you know and it was and then we did another one in 2009 which was the at the time 20 year reunion of Pitbulls and um, and we did that at Canes and it was I think it was the last Freakers ball they ever did and it was pretty good too I just there was a lot of young people there that just really didn't know what to think of us yeah. you know they <laughs> may have heard of us but they were just kind of and we were doing some really kind of some stupid shit we were like playing Pink Floyd and stuff like that too and I, you know, I don't think they knew what to think so. and that was something we never really did yeah. <laughs> so back in the day but that we were experimental I mean you know if somebody plays a riff it's like oh that's fucking sweeter than shit let's, let's do that let's work that up you know okay sure right. so right. you know this is something you think you'll ever It'll happen again. With the pit bulls, I kind of—it looks less and less likely. Um, Andy lives in Oregon now. Danny still lives in Nashville. Derek's still here, obviously, but uh, uh, it just looks—it just looks very, very unlikely. Um, I think the last time we did it, we kind of thought it was going to be the last time. Now, after we did that one in 2009, I can't remember what year. A couple of years after that, uh, Danny Dodge came back from Nashville for a while and we we all got together and played uh, in our old basement that we played in it was because it was Trev's and um, with him and man that guy could shred he played so fucking fast and these the guitar players could barely keep up with them they would practice or whatever you know and uh, man they would just like they would get through playing a song just blistering fast and they'd shake their fingers man like there was on fire and I would just sit there and kind of chuckle to myself because you know I'd been in this band that band I still had chops (laughs) these guys had no chops and uh, obviously Danny Dodge had a lot of chops so he was playing faster than he ever did nice it, right yeah, I used to call him Crankfoot, and that is a <laughs> name that has stuck with him. And he has played with some pretty big dudes out really? there in Nashville. Yeah, he has. Wow. Well, he still gets offers. So wow. He's a really good drummer. Right yeah. on. Crankfoot, that could be a band name. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he should do it. There you go, Danny Dodge. So another Pitbulls question for you. Okay. Was the Steven Tyler shirt, was that oh. to you? Or that... <laughs> the dreaded, <Right>? obligatory <laughs> Steven Tyler <laughs> Pitbulls question. Because I, I looked this up, you know, because back then we thought, oh, this is fucking awesome. There's a band from Tulsa that yeah. in the crime video. And then when I knew we were going to do this the other day, I was Googling it, and I saw there was another band in, like, Illinois or something yeah. called that. And I yeah. Know maybe it was them or you or what the... Now, this is what I have... Uh, come to find out over the years you know we were in pit bulls it was before the internet we didn't know there was another pit bulls uh yeah. there was for like a year 
and they broke up in Chicago or something like I think you're saying. Um, there was not their shirt that Steven Tyler was wearing. It really was not ours either. <laughs> the night that video premiered, that was back when people watched MTV a lot yeah, uh, right. and video, and they yeah. still played videos. And I got calls from all over the country, and uh, including here locally, you know. And Damn. I was like, man, it's like, you know, Steven Tyler's wearing your shirt. Steven Tyler's wearing your shirt. And I'm like, dude, what? Turn on MTV. So I turn on MTV, and sure enough, he's sitting there in that window, and it's got this, he's with white shirts, just pit bulls on crack, just bigger than Dallas. And so we all just kind of rolled with that. Um, we never. Yeah, that's our shirt. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We never really told anybody that was or wasn't. We just kind of rolled with it. It was not our shirt, but man, it was like the biggest thing around here for people. We didn't want to disappoint them. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, yeah, they were like you, man. They were proud, you know. It's like, ah, Tulsa band or whatever. In my travels over the years, I guess about four years later, man, I was working. A show at Mohawk and I don't even remember who it was it didn't really matter because the road crews who you're dealing with you're not dealing with the stars of the show yeah. so much as you are the road crews and at the time you know Pitbulls was going around and I had just printed all these shirts and uh, I took them to the show to see and I had like a crew of 30 people working and you know and I was making them hell of a deals to buy a shirt yeah. and uh so they were buying them up, man, and they were putting them on right away and working these things. And I remember at the end of the night, man, this guy comes by me, you know, and he, he didn't know that I was in a band called Pitbulls and Cracker, that even I was responsible for all these guys wearing a shirt, you know, but he was just kind of standing by me and, and wondering out loud. He's like, Pitbulls on crack. Wow, man, there's a lot of people wearing these shirts here tonight. And I was like, yeah, you know, and I didn't want to say anything. He goes... I wonder if these guys know who the pit bulls on crack are. And well, that kind of got my attention. I was like, and it's still without giving it away. I'm like, well, no, who are the pit bulls, man? He said, well, they're a group of truckloaders in New Orleans. And they do, you know, concerts. They, they load trucks. And uh, there's truckloaders, there's always four. And uh, he said that Aerosmith was playing the show, and these like these four truckloaders had this these shirts, pit bulls on crack. That shirt. Oh man! And he said Stephen Tyler just walked by and told one of them guys, "I've got to have that shirt," which I can see. All the stories I've heard about Stephen Tyler, I can see him doing that. And he took that shirt off him, washed it, and made it in that video. We were in Starship one day, and there was a. Kerrang magazine. I don't know if it was kind of a European thing. Yeah. yeah. And it had Tyler on there, and you know, it didn't have a shirt, but it just said in words, you know, on the magazine cover, said Stephen Tyler on Aerosmith. We're pit bulls on crack. I'm like, wait a minute. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so no. anyway, I I think that this guy's story was probably the most likely thing, and yeah. believe me, not a whole lot of people have ever heard this because. There was a, uh, he was at, Jimmy Bowers from I Hate God was seen wearing one of those shirts. And oh, people used to come up and say, yeah, Jimmy Bowers is wearing a shirt. Yeah. And Jimmy Bowers. And then I like fell in line with this New Orleans thing. Yeah. And oh, so yeah, I think, there, right? yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's probably where the shirt came from. It, it definitely wasn't one that we printed. Wow. <laughs> you know, uh, it had two colors on it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Black well, to me, Android. it always made sense because his wife at the time was from here. So I yeah, right. Assume, well, maybe and he was here and, and that's what saw we, you guys or just heard of you guys or something. I didn't yeah, know. that's what we always said, too, when people would, you know, come <laughs> up and say, hey, man, you know, how'd they get that shirt? Well, you know, his wife's from Tulsa. So, yeah. <laughs> so he just, she just came by one of our shows, and I, we don't really know. But we do know that his wife's from Tulsa, and uh, yeah, that was kind of our story. We did, we were pretty vague about it, and we didn't want to like give away the secret too much. But yeah. the, I think after a while, we just got sick of it, and I think yeah. uh, you know Andy is from Andy's viewpoint. He would have wished it would have never happened, you know. After a while, because he's just tired of being like our claim to fame was that. that yeah. <laughs> And we're dark. We had several other claims to fame, but I guess that was the biggest one. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, thanks for bringing it up, guys. Sorry, sorry. No. You could have just said next question. <laughs> no, that's all good, man. I'm just kidding. Cool, cool. Were you a fan of the song Crying? No, I was not. <laughs> I uh, actually, no. <laughs> Uh, I did awesome. like some Aerosmith back when I was younger, but yeah. that was like the 70s. So. Oh, God. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. speaking of that, who, what's your earliest memories of music or what got you into you know, Well, there's, there's a few. Uh, I don't really want to give away my age, but really, man, the first thing was the monkeys when I was a kid. You know, when I, I mean, when I was like five or six, that was like big fun to me yeah. you know watching those tv shows when uh i started really getting serious though more um like i said i did play trombone and band i was into bands you know from uh this jazz kind of point of view you know not necessarily rock but when i did fall in at a very early age you know with sabbath and zeppelin yeah. ted nugent was a big huge influence on me back when i was younger of course he's you know, the ultimate fucking target now as yeah. far as people, you know, so you don't ever want to align yourself <laughs> with them. So I'm not really doing that. It was so long ago that, you know, there was just an influence. You know, Nugent, Sabbath, Zeppelin, Grand Funk, you know, Pink Floyd, shit from the 70s, man. You know, just yeah. uh, stuff yeah. from the 70s up until Ozzy and, you know, Randy Rhodes, Van Halen, you know, stuff like that, man. Just the classic yes. stuff, man. I love it. Yeah. I still love it, you know. Yeah. There's certain songs I've heard on the radio so many times, I don't ever need to hear them again. But, you know, yeah. the more obscure shit, man, I still yeah. want to hear. Yeah, exactly. It's like Crazy Train Skip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to hear that again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I still oh, listen man. to the intro riff, and then I skip. Yeah, there oh, you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, was it like because uh, you said earlier you, you play guitar kind of too? Was there oh yeah singing before or was it guitar before? When did you know that singing was your deal? Well, you know, I did. I was really influenced by Jimmy Page and Ted Nugent to pick up the guitar. I wanted to be a guitar player. I didn't want to be a singer. I had been thrust in this singing spotlight from you know, like I said, from school, choir, church, and all this stuff. Yeah. When I was really young, and I didn't want to do that. I mean, when I was that age, you know, talk about nine eight nine years old or whatever that's a sissy thing to do yeah. <laughs> and so i didn't want to do it so i began i became really influenced by page and, and nugent in the early days and then yeah later you know van halen and, and randy rhodes but uh, our first band i had with my brother 
you know, I had a buddy of mine that he thought he was going to be the singer and that was going to be fine with me. I wanted yeah. to be Jimmy Page and he could be my Robert Plant. <laughs> but he would just like, you know, come to these things and be real shy about and have to listen to us and drink a lot of beer before he'd have the courage, you know. And then a lot of times by the time he'd have the courage to get up there and sing, we were already, well, we got to go. And uh, wow. so I would be sitting there trying to... T- like come on you know and we had the max mic set up i was like out of necessity you know and then he would stop coming around. he would like get drunk get pissed off because we wanted to quit and he just started singing and so then after a while just out of necessity you know i'd be i just started doing the singing and my brother done some and uh you know we were a three-piece band doing cover songs yeah. and shit but yeah. you know we were both trying our hand at singing and uh i switched to the bass because um, a guy wanted me to play, and then that's when I was like, you know, the lead singer of that band. And that's when I met Andy, which we later became the Pitbulls. That was another band, and uh, I just it just got to the point where I was, you know, probably partying too much and mm-hmm. doing too much coke and all this shit. But mm-hmm. so you know, uh, my voice would just struggle, you know, and you know, you really have to take care of your voice, and you have to know how to take care of your voice mm-hmm. so um it just became one of those things where i just wanted to concentrate on singing because i just felt that playing guitar was just obstructing my singing somehow and i also looked at the writing on the wall that man all these people are way better players than i am and i'm be- i'm a better singer than i am a player so you know right now i don't know that that's true now or not <laughs> but that's the way i felt at one time <laughs> Well, you know, that's, I mean, even though, you know, true or not, that's good that you, you know, you knew what your role was and yeah, because a lot of people don't get that. Right. Right. That's cool. Yeah. But I like to play guitar. I still play a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, but I, I'm just to the point where I'm so rusty to get back into, to be, you know, in front of people. (laughs) I don't know that I ever will again, but that's cool. I can still act like I'm. You know, rock star back there in that room, and yeah. we're playing this lick and that lick, and you know, and I still can sing with these guys, and you know, it works out. Oh yeah, that will work. That will work. Right. Well, vocally, who was your, who was your kind of, who was your guys early on? Was it Robert Plant? Yeah, Robert Plant. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Robert Plant, Ian Gillen, Deep Purple, the early ones, you know, and then. As time went on, you know, of course, it's like, you know, Mike Patton and Phil, you know, from Pantera, and, you know, just different things that yeah. were going on. And after a while, it just became like, you know, you don't really have to sing like Robert Plant or, you know, Steve Perry from yeah. Journey, you know, you don't have to be this proficient singer. You just got to like, kind of like the music, you know, just come up with a fucking cool like vocal line yeah. maybe yeah. some lyrics and uh that's kind of where i'm you know but yeah there's been a lot over the years that's for sure and uh there's a there's a few in town i'm i really like hearing and uh john holada is one of them uh, there's others but uh yeah yeah robert plant yeah going back ian gillen is still one of my favorites ozzy man you know stuff like that uh 
I don't know, man. There's a lot of singers I like uh, that you guys probably would be surprised that I do like. Like, you know, I can't even think of one offhand, but but pretty much anybody that's been singing, you know, professionally and is known for being a good singer, man, I'd yeah. probably respect the shit out of yeah. them, you know. So, you know, like uh, Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. yeah, man, I mean, it's like, how could you... A lot of... Uh, my uh working at Kane's kind of I really hated country man and it kind of opened my eyes to other kind of music because Bob Wills and Texas Playboys and you started getting into the history of that and uh you know just kind of the le legacy he left into our town yeah. and Kane's and uh that kind of opened me up you know working those country shows man it was like Merle Haggard come there and it was like, man, I never liked anything he did. And every time I went to Muskogee, I lit up a joint just to fucking piss him off. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, but man, you know, after a while when you're working these things, you develop a different level of respect. So, you know, after a while, it's like you look back at some of the stuff that you may have overlooked over the years. Yeah. And it's like, man, they're, they're really good. Now yeah. I, I really appreciate them now. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, but it's like it takes the journey and the hindsight, you know, to kind of look back and say, wow, you know, yeah, Willie Nelson was really good, man. I don't know why I hated him so bad. <laughs> well, you know, there, yeah, because there's stuff now that I love that I could not see the 20-year-old me. Right, love, exactly. You know, in, in any way. Yeah. And it takes that appreciation. Sure. All that living. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then, you know, it's kind of those melodies or whatever ingrained in your head and you're like I fucking hate that song and you know Michael Jackson Jesus Christ I don't want to hear Billy Jean ever again yeah. And, yeah. and then it's like you know after and then you hear it on the right sound system 20 years later or whatever and you're like hey you know I, it's yeah. Eddie Van Halen plays on that <laughs> shit yeah. it, it, and also it's like a uh, I think just being from around here even if you don't like it it, you know, especially growing up and being a kid, it gets yeah. so in you yeah. that somewhere down the line you're going to end up appreciating it somehow. Yeah, exactly. You know, somehow. You, you may not agree with it all or whatever, but, you know, you could have an appreciation for, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, when you sing, man, and you really realize what a beating your voice goes through yeah, over the I'll years, anytime you start hearing really good singers, you start, you know, developing a little more respect for it um, and I know a lot of people you know just don't have any kind of respect for singing or singers mm -hmm. or whatever they're more into drums or guitar and that's fine man you know I don't begrudge them that at all yeah. but to me you know it's it's a big deal and right. uh, you know, I don't know I wish I was as good of a singer as I think I am. <laughs> That's always been my mantra, you know. If I could just be as good of a singer as I think I am, man, I would really have something. So. Yeah, bang. <laughs> nice, nice. Right. Well, is there, speaking of like stuff now, are there like what kind of rock bands are you into most? Is it? Man, there is not much <laughs> I am really into new. The Sword is like the newest stuff that I just think is great. Yeah, um, good. yeah I love the Sword. You know, I still like Clutch. I don't consider them really new anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, people that are still making music. You know, like Black Label. I don't consider that new anymore. The yeah. Sword, I consider. You know, this came out since the year yeah. two thousand or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I really 
really like. And uh, there is some other stuff, you know, uh, <clears throat> this one I think is the best, but there's, you know, uh, uh, Mastodon's great, you know, yeah. I love Mastodon. And uh, there's a lot of good stoner rock bands out there now yeah. that I really like. I'm not really into like, you know, the Swedish black metal or whatever, yeah. but I'm really more into the stoner rock. And cool. and there's a, you know, it doesn't have to be, because I still like heavy stuff, man. I'm just, uh, I'm getting older and, and just, you know, yeah. I, I wanna, I don't know, yeah. It's really hard for me to go to these concerts. I've worked so many. I've been to so many practices. I've been to so much exposure to fucking my hearing yeah. just getting blown out. That wow. man, it's hard to like. It's like, should I really go see this band and and get my hearing blown out a little more? Because it's not <laughs> gonna last forever, you know. Yeah. And uh, so that's one thing I have to look at anymore because I'm getting old. But. Uh, but hopefully you guys aren't but uh but yeah i just it's just the enormous amount that i've worked and uh, jack black or not jack black jack white yeah fucking white stripes yeah they he killed my hearing worse than anything really yeah i was uh i started working security in the 2000s and i walk uh, they wanted me to go down there and work security and this certain function that I was going to have, and whatever, I got down there, and I don't know, some kind of power play, and they said, well, you have to work the stage, you know, and I'm like, okay, fine, and man, I didn't have any plugs, oh, and dude, that guy is loud, really? yeah, it was the White Stripes, it was his sister, or whatever, okay. his wife, or whatever the hell she is, <laughs> I didn't even know, it was, it was the White Stripes, you know, quite a few years ago, and uh Man, I just like I was on that, you know, stage left, and my my left ear still. It's never been the same, man. I should see. Damn. I should see the white stripes. I really should. My God. Yeah, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, it's a white stripes. Fuck them. <laughs> seven Nation Army. Come yeah. on. Oh, <laughs> it's going to take seven of you, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> Have you heard that new sword song, the Dream? Yeah, yeah. There's four of them out, man. Oh, there's there's, four of them? Okay. Yeah, I'm you need to check them out. There's one called Mists and Shadows, and it's the best one. Okay. It's fucking. Okay. But yeah, it's a little bit different, man. It's a little. Yeah. The, there's the four that I've heard. It's like, uh, yeah, the Dream. Uh, I think it was the Dream Thieves. Dream Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's that, and there's a couple more. One song more called Kind of. When it's heavy, you know, not right? as heavy, a yeah. little slowed down, a little polished, yeah. but uh, it still kind of sounds like the sword to me. Yeah, I can see where people will be like, you know, this is my jumping off point or whatever, but <laughs> but yeah. not really with me. Um, but yeah, I, I really think it's really good, you know, the four they've got out, and the, I think the album drops next week, Tuesday okay. or something. I, yeah, so have you uh, have you heard of Crowbot? Yeah, I've really, really listened to him a whole lot, but I've heard a lot of people talking about him more than than I've heard him. Yeah. So, yeah, they're kind of the buzz man going yeah, on yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, they've got a kind of a thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've really, really listened to him. I check <laughs> it out. But see, I've been, I, I don't know about the name because it's like, well, it sounds like Probot, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah, uh, Crowbot. I don't know. They had a song called Chupacabra. Do they really? <laughs> <laughs> Damn them. 
Well, ours is called El Chupacabra. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, do you guys have any uh, get, uh, gig schedule? Actually, we don't, man. Um, we uh, played a few here lately, and like I said, we're, we're trying to get this recording kind of straightened out. We're trying to get some merch, uh, different merch made. We had some shirts, but we sold out of them, and we haven't had them in a while. So this is our kind of our focus, and then once we get this uh, recording kind of solidified and figure out what we're going to do with it, then I'm sure we will have some sort of semblance of a CD release party nice. because there's only three songs, so yeah. it's not. Uh, I don't know that we will manufacture any CDs for sale, but like I said, we're thinking about doing these Zip Drive things, and um, I don't know. One when we do wind up playing, I'm sure it'll be Downtown Lounge or Cimarron or mm-hmm. you know possibly the venue or the Marquee or whatever. What are, what's the Marquee called now? Uh, Vanguard. Vanguard. Vanguard yeah. 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 Who knows where yeah. we'll wind up? Maybe that'll the new Nitro or whatever. Um, those will probably be the places along the lines we'll be playing. Okay. Um, yeah, and I hope. Undercurrent. Shady Tree. Uh, Shady Tree. Shady Tree. Yeah, is that still going? Yeah, that just we uh, just opened under that name. Yeah, undercurrent turned into the shady tree. Right. That's that's pretty new, I think. Well, I heard they were having some rap problems, gangbanger kind of oh, shooting okay. kind of crap. But that was a while back. I didn't know they reopened. But yeah, I tell you, when uh when they moved there from Old Memorial, I knew, man, that that place is never the location is not right. Yeah. When you got that big country bar across the street and then, you know, people drag the memorial, it's just kind of, I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't work there. Yeah. And I, I wish them all the luck. I hope it does. But yeah. it just seems to me like it's a bad location. Yeah. You would think that it would be kind of cool because there are all these kids dragging memorial and there's all these shit-kicking rednecks across the street. But, yeah. you know, it's and, for some reason. Yeah, it's, maybe it's more of a central thing. Yeah. But... Yeah. Uh, Well, hopefully, you know, there's some stuff keeps on, you know, happening around the Brady District or, you know, down there 18th and Boston or, you know, the Blue Dome or whatever. And uh, just hopefully that music won't die out, man. I mean, it's just really, you know, with uh, the the industry end of music is just nothing like it was when yeah. we were growing up. Uh, you know, it's true. just not. It's just, there's still money to be made and it's still there, but it's just such a different animal. And uh, I just hope that uh, people will continue to be creative with their guitars and their drums and their rock music <laughs> and their heavy metal and their yeah. punk rock and you know whatever, man. I mean, I don't have anything against Red Dirt or. Americana or whatever, that's fine. You know, I don't, I'm not going to go see that stuff or buy any of that stuff, but you know, that's, that's what people want to do. That's fine. Or rap music, you know, I, that's not my deal either. So, yeah. um, but hopefully, you know, it will just keep flourishing, man. That's, that's my big hope for rock music at all. So, yeah. Agreed. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like there's enough, there's a, a few bands, you know, that are, Keeping that yeah. Foo Fighters event sevenfold kind of oh, keeping yeah. it alive at least to the mainstream. So sure, yeah, and then, you know, it you need, goes through waves. You know, gotta have those commercial bands um, to make their. 
underground cooler and that's yeah. one thing that's kind of missing can, is the underground yeah, now you know right. and, and those 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 bands can be kind of the gateway right you know open sure yeah, those there's a lot to be said. I mean, I, I I don't want to bring up a lot of names, but I mean, there's a lot of bands people make fun of on Facebook. You know, you guys know who they are: Nickelback yeah. and fucking Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, totally. But those bands, if they serve a purpose, if it's like you know these kids get into this and then, mm-hmm. like you said, use that as some sort of a you know, wormhole into something cooler. Yeah. Well, and that it's a, a perfect example, and I've said it before, is Black Veil Brides. People talk so much shit yeah. that, you know, uh, my 12-year-old comes home with a Black Veil Bride shirt. And yeah. These kids can see what they like and what those people like. Right. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And just like you're talking about, it just flourishes. Yeah. And that's, that's the hope. It is the hope, man, but it's definitely not... No guarantee that it's. Oh yeah, definitely. It it definitely looks bleak, you know. So um, I don't want to toot my horn, but you know, I'm, that's one reason I'm glad that we're doing what we're doing, you know, because I'm just keep, not just keeping my dream alive, just the whole thing, you know, yeah. contributing to it yeah, all, exactly. keeping it alive. Because local bands have been important over the years in every municipality. Mm-hmm. The, you know, from that t- standpoint, you're like you're talking about. So you have these upper tier commercial bands, and then you have you know the underground, and mm-hmm. then you've got the local bands. And a lot of these local bands throughout the years have been really on the brink of being you know bigger. There's been a few around here, besides Pitbulls or whatever. You know, yeah. there's there's been a few, and every city has those kind of bands. Yeah. You know, they're just about made it, or just about <laughs> broke out, or they're just so big they're floating, yeah. keeping their scene going, or whatever they're contributing you know yeah. their scene or whatever it's, it's gotta have it but you yeah. know gotta have those kids man yeah. gotta have yeah. some crazy kids in there <laughs> well it's good that you're doing your part yeah I try to man you right. know I just uh, there's a lot of guys I've been playing with that are younger than me that are not doing this anymore <laughs> you know and uh, I don't mean to like I said toot my own horn about it but man I just I just can't see quitting doing it you know yeah. if i've got the opportunity to yeah, play exactly. with people that i can get something out of you know get some satisfaction out of man i'm gonna keep doing it you know oh, yeah. i mean i don't yeah. care how old i get yeah why not you know? yeah. yeah exactly as long as i can still hear <laughs> <laughs> that's right you know cool cool well what's the best way for someone to look you guys up well here? we are on twitter oklahoma Ray's underscore band Instagram under is also underscore band, uh, the same Oklahoma race underscore band. Uh, don't we have something on Facebook? But it was associated with Danny, our bass player, and I think he got. I don't know what the deal was, but uh, he deleted his Facebook account, so he won't give us a password, so we can't really access it. So I think when this thing comes out, you know, I will probably make a page. Uh, a different page, yeah. you know, so he didn't have to give me the password. Um, and then, uh, you know, hope we're going to hopefully have this stuff on, uh, I think we've got something on Reverb Nation right now, but it doesn't have vocals. It's kind of a demo thing that we did, which I think our drum bass player Danny put on. I think it's the only song on our Reverb Nation page. I don't even look at it, so I don't know, but hopefully get that going when we get these three songs and then hopefully 
you know, uh, what's this thing called Bandcamp now? Yeah. You know, yeah, I think we're gonna go that route, okay. and I don't know what else we'll do. And then we may try to do Spotify or something, you know. But I think those will probably be the initial things that we do to for people to have, you know, whatever kind of access. So I don't think you can really, you know, the Facebook or the Twitter or Instagram, you know, you can't really set that page up like you could in MySpace, you know, and have, you know, here's yeah. my songs as soon as you go to that page. And yeah. that was kind of cool. Right. I miss that about MySpace. Yeah, that's know? why I hear a lot of people talk about the MySpace days. Yeah. You know, it's, they talk about it as more of an era than a thing. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the minute you went there, just, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so, I'm just saying that, like, I know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was just more accessible, and yeah. I, I don't know, you know. Well, it's if you go to a band's Facebook, you have to go through a few different yeah. things to hear right. something. Yeah. And that can get a little tedious at times. Yeah, and people will lose interest and mm-hmm. stop doing that, yeah. you know. It's like, man, you really have to be on fire to want to hear this, you <laughs> yeah. know. Because i got to punch eight buttons and yeah. wait for downloaded <laughs> shit. Whereas on MySpace, you went to the page and then you said punch on this you yeah. know you have eight songs on there or whatever and bam yeah and then you were listening to them yeah and yeah. while you were typing to talk to them or whatever you know yeah. <laughs> what a concept so it's hard yes. to kind of believe to me that it's not that yeah. and i guess it's some sort of monetary thing where you know everybody's got to get their hand into it and, yeah. you know you punch a button here somebody else getting you know yeah. whatever so that's the way it all yeah, works. It takes equal dollars yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. You got anything else? I think we're good. good. Cool, man. This is a, cool. this is a good, good hour, good time. Yeah. Good deal, man. We appreciate you doing this. Well, thank yeah. you guys for coming yeah. out and doing this, man. Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate yeah. it. It's good to meet you guys. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just really that Lucy Fur Coat thing, man. I, <laughs> I cannot wait to tell some dudes that. <laughs>